0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: Welcome to the Deceptively Fast Podcast. I had my old teammate Drew Hodgson on today to talk about what happened in the Super Bowl. We do have a couple of not suitable for work moments today. I usually try to keep the language pretty clean, but we just kind of went there both in the words we used and some of the topic selection. So keep the volume down. I drop an mf -er at some point. I don't know, like around 10 or 15 minutes. And then later we start talking about the differences in being a teenage boy today versus back in the past. It's just fun. We had a good talk. So Please subscribe on iTunes. Leave a five-star review. If you like, that'd be awesome. Let me, oh, 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 let me read a couple of these because you guys are so nice. I'll read the last couple I got. Somebody wrote good stuff, very entertaining, informed content. And then Mini Flora, who wrote this, uh, which I, frankly, I might frame this and put it up. I love this person. Uh, Seth is hard to describe. He's just naturally interesting. His humor is refreshingly subtle. You can tell that he has a big heart. When you're listening to Seth, you will inevitably hear things you've never heard or thought about before. He's a a one-of-a-kind love this podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Mini Flora. That really, really made me smile. It's made me smile like 20 times since you wrote it on January 4th, and I keep meaning to read it. But it it feels a little bit vain for me to read it. The compliment is so effusive. And yet, somebody told me I should read those to encourage more people to leave pleasant comments. So thank you, everybody. Enjoy the show. I did you a disservice because yesterday we, we talked, we recorded a podcast, but because the podcast wasn't going to come out until after the game, I didn't even, I didn't even bother putting in the part where you predicted what would happen in this game. So I'm just going to read, I'm going to read directly from the notes that you had sent me where you said, you may, you mentioned something about the pro football focus grades, and, and then said, but the fact that they are also down an all pro right tackle and having to shuffle guys out of position just plays directly into the teeth of Tampa Bay's strength, actually excited for that matchup because obviously Andy Reed is aware and you think that the the ringer, you had an article from the ringer. You thought that their concerns about Mahomes being a threat outside the pocket are a touch overblown unless he's far healthier than he's been recently. I feel like that was the key to the game right there was the fact that the offensive line was shuffled, which makes, which makes guys even worse than whatever they normally are. So you <laughs> right. have a subpar offensive right. line and then you shift them out of position. And then Pat Mahomes, who usually can make something out of nothing, is also embattled even further than than usual because of his because of his toe so you're here to claim victory on your prediction before the yeah game.
0: no i i appreciate you just just feeding my ego because i was just i was gloating as i was watching the <laughs> game to myself yesterday no I, I mean it i think the expectation had to be that that game was going to be really competitive and i don't know that that felt like the energy that i was gleaning from a lot of the media it didn't it felt like it was just still a given that kansas city was going to score 50.
1: a lot of people acted like a three-point spread was nothing like like, well i mean which it is it's nothing it's really not much it's a field goal but people were acting like this was the healthiest three-point spread ever it might as well be a 10-point spread yeah totally Yeah, because this is Pat Mahomes, and I saw him come back from double digit deficits three times last year in the playoffs. Right. So this is no big deal. We're also spoiled at that
0: offense just being so effective and making every defense look out of sorts. And Uh it just seemed I didn't quite follow that. I mean, you know, soon as even last week. I mean, when you saw some of those injuries and you and that's just completely discounting, you know, the injury that they had safety on defense, too, which doesn't help them. Um, it just, you knew that with the speed that Tampa had, and I, I was surprised though, to the extent that just the standup ends just gave them fits, uh-huh. but you know, it, they just looked, they really struggled. I mean, those guys looked every bit out of, you know, out of their comfort zone.
1: Well, Pat Mahomes, this was from NFL next gen stats. He ran a total of 497 yards before all of his passes in sacks. <laughs> So that's, that's not obviously 497 yards from scrimmage or anything, but like his actual running around zigzagging across the field, that's damn near a third of a mile of scrambling. That's the most pre-throw pre-sack yards run by any quarterback in any game this season.
0: Yeah. He, I mean, he looked incredibly uncomfortable, which is such a testament to what they were trying to do on defense. Obviously that's, that doesn't happen by mistake. Um, But some of what they did, I mean, I think they benefited from obviously the injuries and guys being out of position, but also just uh, some confounding going back and looking at again, some confounding play calling. I think actually it was a little strange they were so reliant on the screen game Mm -hmm. early and i don't know if that was how they decided they were going to combat their issues up front they're hey
1: look we're just going to screen them we're going to try to get them to back
0: off i wonder if
1: they were almost depending on a lack of discipline from tampa yeah that somehow because sometimes when you've got a bad offensive lineman Sometimes that offensive lineman's best strength is that it feels like you're beating him because you know you can beat him and that's right. when you get sucked so far upfield. Yeah. But I think that I think the two weeks of film study just it allowed the Bucks defense to A read and diagnose screen, but then also I think on the RPOs, the yeah the bucks the chiefs do a lot of things that's kind of counterintuitive and against the rules when it comes to rpo's you know they'll 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 run to the side you're not supposed to run on in rpo's and i think just having 2 weeks yeah. to prepare for that had had the bucks ready for it and it just you're, wasn't yeah. going to fool them the way that it does other guys you know usually the the the, the running back's going to run opposite of the side where he aligns typically yeah. on rpo's or the option game the the Chiefs do these weird little things where they'll fake pass, but then run to the same side. In the it's, except for what after the first series, the Chiefs kind of did that pass uh, that pass action. That that pass action run instead of play action. What am I trying to say? Instead of a play action pass? They do pass action run. Yeah, they show pass and then hand it off. It's like a an extended yeah, it's like, a draw. Draw. yeah. It's like a draw. Yeah, like um, a draw. Yeah, do and they do
0: it out of like a power look too sometimes, or they're yeah. play
1: action out of power and
0: try to. Yeah, do, but they couldn't set it. And you're exactly right. That's that's just spot on. I mean, with what they they do things that are counterintuitive. They'll do a lot of that action to the short side of the field, which yeah. nobody really does. You know, but they feel like they have the speed to cover it up. But it's like they just could not. It, it, I think it's it's difficult to try to do that against a quality defense. That also, when those guys, I mean, they're great athletes, and they're standing up and they're watching it happen. I mean, mm-hmm. they they know it's Kansas City. They're running screen game every week against every single opponent, so they can they give themselves some room to diagnose it. And a lot of the linebackers were walking up. They felt like, oh yeah, this is pressure. Look at these guys, and I know I feel like they didn't respect their
1: ability to get out of it. I mean, yeah. it was,
0: just, it was it was a little
1: it, it was that they've grown. I, I hate to use the word complacent, but Kansas City, it felt like really this entire season. At times, they're almost a victim of their own success to where, mm-hmm. you know, with a basketball team where sometimes it feels like they can just turn it on whenever they like and and you worry okay do they have that edge when it gets to the postseason and maybe that's the lesson they'll learn. maybe this will be the lesson that pat mahomes really learns that it it was one thing when he lost in the playoffs a couple years ago when it wasn't really his fault it was um oh the the defensive end that d ford lined up off sides maybe this will be the one where it turns pat mahomes into like that that taskmaster like Tom Brady when you watch Tom Brady with his players just how he drives them and drives them this might be where Pat Mahomes realizes okay wow this defense actually really wasn't that good the chiefs defense yeah and they're only good when i'm good and when this offense is good and i've got to take that into my own hands like yeah, i have it, to i have to not allow any complacency out of these guys
0: it reminds you of, of how many years i mean you and i both when we watched you know Peyton Manning with the colts and how that defense was really only ever effective when it was perfectly in balance with the offense. Right. And it just cannot function really to the same level. If you don't have that offense clicking and it's not going to keep you in the game necessarily. I I just think that, you know, maybe he can learn that. I also think that even just the fact that that, uh, I I don't want to call that guy out specifically because I've been there. I've had games like that, but that right tackle just had a brutal day. I mean, going back and watching too, if you have him, Out, and you have a guy who's, I mean, who's an all pro in there, that's probably also a pretty different game, even just that one change. So,
1: the the other thing, too, I think where the Chiefs struggle, it's weird because I honestly, I'm trying not to insult the Chiefs' offense or anything, they're very, very good typically. But when Mahomes has issues with his offensive tackles. I feel like it's going to be an even bigger swing for him because he takes those deep, yeah. deep drops. He so when you take, yeah. when he routinely takes those 10 yard drops, if, if you don't have offensive tackles that can handle their business, then that's mm-hmm. all of a sudden when he starts bailing out even further because there's pressure up the middle and there's no place for him to go. And it just, it just made everything bad now. But now he can get himself out of that typically because he got such a, such a ridiculously strong arm. Some of those, some of those throws that he made when he was falling away on what would have been like a 15 to 20 yard sack to make, to still make it back to the line of scrimmage. Some of those non-intentional groundings were some of the most impressive throws of the game.
0: They were, I mean, the, the stuff he was still doing scrambling on the move, trying to make those plays. When you go back and watch it again, you realize how insane they were. Yeah, I mean, to make those even close to being competitive plays where, you know, where Kelsey was dropping balls that usually you're accustomed to him making circus catches that he wasn't making. I mean, the, even then it was almost, you know, they, they were near misses on some of those big plays. But yeah, I mean, he was just like the, everything they were doing to make him uncomfortable was working perfectly. I mean, having the ends not just stood up, but having them, you know, angled in to uh-huh. cut to cut the corners and to make him, you know, have to step up, which he doesn't really like to do.
1: Yeah, they, they did a really good job of all of that. And I I think like Todd Bowles gets credit for, Hey, when he tries to play conservative, like they did earlier in the season, it's not his typical MO and they looked kind of uncomfortable when the bucks did it earlier in the season. It, they they coach them up right, and he's got a rookie Antoine Winfield Jr. at safety yeah. that he's coached up really well this year. I mean, there's a part of me that wants to say, "Hey, if you can rush the passer really well and you can play cover two on the back end, it doesn't take a whole lot of coaching." But right. it but it does doesn't necessarily take a whole lot of scheming, but it takes a whole lot of coaching to get guys right. You mentioned the fact that the Chiefs, you know, have injuries at safety and. Tom Brady seemed like he was manipulating the safeties really well above and beyond just making Tyron Matthew angry at times. If anything, it seemed like with Tyron Matthew, a lot of the issues were that Tom Brady knew exactly how the other safety was either misplaying or not helping or rotating, rotating poorly. So Brady just had Brady had those other guys. A lot of the defensive backs, just on a string.
0: He, he did. And it was that, I think that dynamic, was the most emblematic of the game at large in just the difference in composure. You know, I mean that that display of what Tom Brady was doing and he wasn't doing anything exceptional for a Super Bowl, you know, performance. I mean every quarterback that tends to win the Super Bowl plays the same way he just did. He didn't do anything in my opinion, he didn't do anything extraordinary, but he was in command of what that offense was doing. He knew You know in pivotal moments what they had to do what he couldn't do he couldn't throw another three picks in eight minutes like he did in the prior game and expect to win you know i mean he knew how to control it but beyond that you're watching tyron matthew come apart at the seams in moments where they need to really be under control
1: they were they looked like a high school team the way they were losing their heads and flipping out to the point where you could see it was carrying over into the next play yep in it I it, look, they were it's third, they were third in the NFL in defensive pass interferences last, uh, this, this season, which it's still, it averages out to like one per game. So when you, when you get put three of them in one half or however yeah. many penalties they had in that first half, um, total, it was, it was really, really bad. Really I, bad. Yeah. there's part of me, man, if it were the Patriots, I'd be screaming about how the officials are on their side. Uh, and, and I'm kind of disgusted with myself that that's completely left to me. There's a part of me that thinks I should be I should be complaining about Tom Brady getting preferential treatment. Right. But I also know that Brady Brady knows and understands like how to take advantage of these tendencies yeah. and rope a dope those guys into a few of those situations.
0: He does. He, he has a sense of how to put the ball in places where he knows it's going to it's going to look bad. Yeah. I think if he feels like he can't get it there, he's going to at least try to put it somewhere that's going to put the DB in a spot where it looks bad. I mean, some of those (laughs) were, yeah.
1: He's like an evil photographer. If you were like if you were a <laughs> photographer, that was out to get some celebrity or something. <laughs> right, right. Like the worst kind of, the people that take those shots for In Touch magazine where they're like, oh, look at this person. Looks like right. a goblin without makeup. It's and it shows totally... Jennifer Aniston like as she's trying to, yeah. <laughs> he trying to pull up yeah. something heavy or something. He knows how to
0: make all those DBs have triple chins. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, oh God, I look at his love handles. Don't you want to throw a flag? Don't you just what? want to throw that?
1: We're trying to figure out what Tom Brady likely said to Tyron Matthew because Tyron Matthew said that he wouldn't repeat what Tom Brady called him or said to him, which immediately in your mind, you go to the worst possible thing that he could have said. Yeah, of course. I yeah, don't like think br- it, brutal end bombs. Like, yeah, you know, like I don't yeah. think it was. I don't think it was either racial or homophobic. Because Brady, if Brady was going to make that mistake, he would have made it long before he was 43 years old. I think, and especially sure. in, a, in yeah. a bygone era, especially. So I don't think it was that. The only yeah, thing I, I could that. think of was that it was maybe some guys get a little bit of sensitive. If you call them a motherfucker, like they take it literally. I, I, I don't know if you yeah. ever ran across that when somebody got like really I, worked up. You and I,
0: I, that was the the first time I ran across that. And I think that is, that's, that's gotta be both. Uh, I think that's a cultural thing for sure. And it's also maybe regional. Cause I mean, I had the foulest mouth yeah. the entire time I played and I had no problem just like trying to drop as many, f-bombs and like any any elaborate creative combination of like weird cuss words i could put together to piss someone off i was all about do, doing
1: <laughs> like a marine and, yeah
0: yeah and i'm just like it was it, there was a poetry to it and i would tr- i i called one of the guys when you and i were playing together in houston and i called him an mfer and everyone it was almost like one of those moments where you didn't realize that was something that was a big deal. Like the record scratch kind of thing. Yeah. 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 And I was like, guys,
1: no, you. guys,
0: this is normal run of the mill.
1: This is, <laughs> this that's is what it might be. One of the, it might be one of the biggest cultural divides oh, uh, wow. in the NFL where the, yeah. the, the, the white kids from the suburbs will go in on their best friend's mother for 15 <laughs> minutes and describe in detail, <laughs> yeah. like what he wants to do yeah. to his friend's mom. And
0: yeah. uh, it's like, guys, not like you're that. you yeah, this is, now, this is normal, like just typical level one vulgarity. And I yeah. Like I'm, yeah. Being, I'm now being victimized by you in this scenario. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 so I, I kind of feel like maybe he just said something that was just. It, it was just very confusing and he just was so he and tyron was just really frustrated that he was so mad that he's confused at what he said to him you know and
1: maybe tyron matthew when he tweeted that just meant hey i'm not going to go into it all but whatever it was it was pretty heated tom brady did sprint down the field to get in his (laughs) face yeah and then ended up ended up being the one that didn't get penalized
0: didn't you kind of feel like when you watched that exchange that was where i felt like tom brady was getting kind of the benefit of the doubt there where i'm like i I think
1: it? it almost looks like he's like by Brady. far the aggressor. there. It's
0: by far and away the aggressor. He it, it, sprinted after him and got in his face. I'm like, based
1: on nothing so but what we saw, so we don't yeah, know exactly yeah, everything right. that went up, But man, yeah. it looked like Brady was the aggressor there. It, Just it like did. the center there for the Bucks was the aggressor with Chris Jones a couple <laughs> times. Yes. I but, thought Chris Jones was going to get booted. Yeah. I thought he was because the new rules mm. are if you get a second technical, they're not even new anymore. You get a second, uh, a second unsportsmanlike, and you're out of the game. Right. And, yeah. uh, and it looked like, cause Chris Jones is one of the guys that looked like he was out of control. I, I
0: I know almost nothing about that center for Tampa Bay, but I, he's, I'm a huge fan after that a huge fan. <laughs> he's just that a dirty, awesome. he's just, he just a looks, grimy, not athletic.
1: He's oh, yeah. going to do what it takes he's to get just, the job done. He's, he's got a horrible body. He just like,
0: <laughs> he looks like he's just willing to just throw his body into like a, into a meat grinder just to win one play. Yeah. I love it.
1: You know, one of my big cultural differences when I got to Jacksonville was that they were one of the first teams that had a whole bunch of evangelical guys on the team, <laughs> like that where it became part of a movement. That was like the movement on yeah. that team. And there was kind of a big divide between the old school NFL veterans and the new age guys like Brunel and Buscelli and everybody. Right. But I didn't, I was kind of clueless to all of it. And we were out running wind sprints one day and somebody said something. And, and I basically, we were yelling at each other, just kind of talking trash playfully And I said, oh, Jesus Christ. And it was that record scratch moment where where all the uh, all the God squad were like, whoa, 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 whoa." (laughs) Like, what? What? This is. uh... Oh,
0: man, I would I would have a hard time with that. I would would, because especially at that point where you have like that chip on your shoulder and then you're like, well, now you shouldn't have told me because now I'm going to
1: want to do it. Yeah, yeah. I'm just Uh, going to do it. I got into all kinds of debates. It was a good lesson <laughs> for me because it was, you know, I was, I was playing in the deep South and, yeah, and coming right. from a school where, you know, it was the exact opposite. Yeah. I went to college where it's, you know, being religious was by far the exception. If you were extreme, you know, if you were extremely, and, in and, and if you were a creationist that thought the earth was only 6,000 years old, you're an extreme exception. And I walked into this environment where all of a sudden, it was just openly and widely talked about like oh yeah yeah evolution's a sham and i (laughs) like so like
0: this is is very different
1: this is much different (laughs) so i used to get into a bunch of just big angry debates i learned not to be angry about stuff um when you're discussing somebody who's who's got views like so much different than what you you personally believe yeah when did you learn not to be angry uh, when I was about 37 or so, but I started, <laughs> the it. lessons started yeah. when I was 22 or 23 years yeah. old. What just do you, practice. what do you talk about? When did I learn? not to be angry? <laughs> I haven't been angry in like three years. I've been angry yeah. like three times in the last three years.
0: <laughs> I swear to God, it's true. No, it's true. I, I have noticed that. I have noticed the difference. I'm,
1: yeah, no, I'm pretty, pretty much just I'm dead inside. It's because I've given
0: up. <laughs> That's the trade-off. Yeah. I've lost all passion.
1: Yeah. I was talking to somebody the other day who said, You know, you seem to really uh, have perspective on things. I'm like, I, I'd love to believe that. But frankly, I'm pretty sure I'm just apathetic about most things now.
0: And, yeah, yeah. Dude, you're mistaken. Yeah, you're mistaking understanding for numbness. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I'd love to think that it's not just a combination of apathy and. <laughs> uh, uh being non-confrontational about stuff uh, and just yeah. wanting to get on about my day I think it's a little bit of perspective what did you what did you think about those defensive pass interferences I thought a couple of them were ticky tack
0: I, I I did I it just reeked like I mean there were two things one it, it nobody wants to acknowledge this but in the in games like that in championship games not just in a Super Bowl but just in general you know at every level you just don't want the refs to be a focus of anything yeah. No matter what you just don't. And so, you know, I thought it was interesting when you're listening to to some of the analysts, I think it was boomer size and said, you know, at halftime, they're throwing too many flags. They need to not make it about that. And you agree, but I think you're inherently acknowledging that that means there's a level of just objectivity or subjectivity that right. is going on. And it's like, you don't want that. You don't then in the second half want to see zero because now you've just acknowledged that it's all a sham.
1: If it had and been so, a closer it's, it's, game, I think it would have been a bigger story. Yeah, I It'd agree. Be, yeah. It, but when the when the Chiefs' offense, or something about both these teams having red in their color scheme that's giving me dyslexia. Um, yeah. When the Chiefs' offense is supposed to be as potent as it can be, and it, yeah. when it's supposed to be able to come back from double-digit losses like we've seen before, it's it's it, it. Maybe if they had mounted a comeback, then you could start to say, well. They got, robbed. you know, if the, if yeah. the bucks hadn't built up that lead on the heels of all of those, those penalties, well, then and maybe, the, fact so.
0: that, the fact that they clearly were not in control of, of what they could control. They had yeah. lost, they had lost the thread because yeah. once it started happening, they got frustrated. They didn't learn from it and they just kept doing it, you know? So even then the ticky tack one stood out, but it's the, it's the ones that where they're calling that are nowhere near the play that are, it's not really impacting. And you're just kind of thinking like, look, I mean, you can call this every single play
1: if you want. Right. And, and, and then you notice all the ones, okay, the bucks right. are getting away with it. And some of the holdings, And I mean, nobody's calling offensive holding on the offensive line right. and, at yeah. all. Um, Tom Brady. I saw that the big question today seemed to be whether or not Tom Brady should now be officially considered the greatest athlete of all time. And I don't want to have that debate. I, I did think that one of the funny things was all these people realizing, oh, oh, there's sports outside of America too. You're telling me because <laughs> people were chiming in with different, different international athletes and soccer stars and whatnot, right. and you realize, oh yeah, that's right. We're we are just a small portion of the of the sporting world. But I guess when it comes to greatest American athletes, I I think for me, if I were to boil it down to something more manageable, but still also an unrealistic, you know, something that's not going to happen. I feel like Tom Brady is almost getting to that LeBron James level of executive where mm-hmm. where Tom Brady makes moves and does things to his team that other athletes can't necessarily, including having Gronkowski and Antonio Brown on his team. I don't think any other teams in the league were going to have either of those guys. For one, Gronkowski wasn't going to play football unless it was the comeback in play with Tom Brady. Right. And when yeah. you could say, hey, he was marginalized and he's just a decoy most of the year. They 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 collected on that bill yeah. there in the final game. He has two touchdowns. Antonio Brown gets a touchdown. He didn't do a whole lot during the regular season. But when the other team wants to focus on Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, then lo and behold, that's what you have. Yeah. Um the other thing, and this is where it's going to be really fun to watch in the offseason, is The old situation you used to have where really good veteran free agents would go and play in New England at a discount, or they'd sign a one year deal, or they would just, you know, they'd choose New England over other places because that was their best chance to win a championship. Like that's completely shifted to Tampa Bay now. They're stacked. But if you're if you're gonna chase for a ring, you want to go to a team that has a really good defense. And the Bucks defense is way better than the Chiefs defense. Yeah. Um, for one, the Bucks defense can stop the run, where the Chiefs defense, man, man, they cannot stop the run. They were running around blocks and just folding like chairs. Um, and Tom Brady's just Tom Brady. If anything, is going to be sharper and better next year because he's got all his receivers trained.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, every point you just checked off, just that all tracks. I think it's it's very interesting cons- comparing him to sort of that LeBron echelon now where he's transcended just only being a player. He's kind of he's impacting front office decisions. Yeah. And he may have been doing that in New England. But we never knew that because there was always this aura of Bill Belichick being in charge of everything and being, you know, this master orchestrator of everything that goes on. So you have no idea the kind of impact that maybe Tom Brady had and what they were doing with personnel. Well, and you now wonder, it just you, seems like that's not the case.
1: You wonder, though, too, maybe he didn't have much of an impact. And you're sitting yeah. there and you're watching yeah. some of the draft picks and some of the moves oh, yeah. they made. And the fact that the, the the thing that would have driven me insane is I, if I were Tom Brady was that I'm playing at a up to a $20 million discount every year. And you can't seem to, you can't seem to really take advantage of it to the degree that you should be able to. I mean, 20 million a year is at least three viable starters and you're still making do Mm -hmm. with some guys. It it just Mm -hmm. always felt like any, it would be hard for me just not to also maybe, just even if it's rational or not, If I'm taking that pay cut, I would look at any bad roster decision and be like, "What the hell? I could, you know, like I could have told you that." The same way coaches sometimes can't help themselves, even though if they want the GM to be the guy making the decisions, they just they can't help themselves when they see the the bad moves and think to themselves, "Well, I could have done better than that."
0: Well, and that's so true. And isn't it satisfying knowing that we're gonna find out, like we're gonna find out what that all probably did look like in the next year or two? I mean, you're gonna see. Those decisions are going to come to fruition in the next year or two in New England. You're going right. to find out that that if they, you'll know if that's what was happening when he was and, there, right? Why, okay. why he may have left and all of that. You're oh, oh just the
1: the stories that are going to come
0: out. Well, not or even necessarily be- the true stories, but just the, the the. I think the facts will bear that all out. I mean yeah. you're going to see that if New England can't find a way, and I don't want to say replace, you know, you're not going to be able to replace Tom Brady, but you're going to see how a lot of those roster moves and how they decide to handle their salary cap, if that's all going to come to fruition, because they did benefit from huge breaks in what they had. They should have had to have paid Tom Brady.
1: Right. It it didn't. didn't The the hard part is that they've also started off drafting at the back end of the first round every year. Yeah. So, They've had to either trade back or trade up and they've had to make do with a lot of that. So they had to change. They had to change a lot of the way they manage their roster in the draft, just because they were a victim of their own success. Mm -hmm. And they also just lost a bunch of their best personnel people like jason light the tampa guy was originally a new england guy and except he was way back actually i don't think uh well and you do
0: you have the natural you know i guess it's the 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 attrition that happens you know after you win a title every year same thing happened in seattle you know i mean suddenly the guys who maybe are generally more bubble guys and not necessarily elite tend to get paid like they're elite
1: yeah and it just happens
0: all the time i mean that's part of it too
1: Deion Lewis, the running back that went right. to Tennessee and then was a big <laughs> yes. disappointment. Like every yeah. running back ever yeah. that comes out and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Blunt, you know, yeah. leaves, yeah. comes back. Like, it's just, it's just, and people keep making the same mistake. Like, wow, this yeah. running back is awesome. I'll, yeah. I'll pay nothing. I'll pay no attention to that. It's probably going to happen to Leonard Fournette. Well, <laughs> that's, that's the most shocking
0: thing. <laughs> the, the most underappreciated shocking thing. And I mean, I, I won't, you know, harp on it too much, but I mean, is that it's, it happens with all the other guys. Yeah. the running backs and and the skill players and receivers in New England and never the linemen who are absolutely the guys that are doing it consistently every year
1: in New England they just like, say well it's Dante Skarniecki it was Dante, it was yeah, Dante like, yeah. For him. Oh, it's yeah just all these
0: other guys and I'm like or it's consistently the linemen that are you know, getting <laughs> the job done there over the last 10 years yeah
1: okay so the one condition is that Belichick's an old man See, he's he's older by football coaching standards. What is he? Is he 68 now? I don't know how old is he? They they had the graphic up last (laughs) night, and I can't remember. Yeah, by NFL coaching standards, for sure. Yeah, but I do think, just like quarterbacks have gotten older, because Tom Brady's got his whole TB12 model and everything, and all these other guys are taking care of their bodies, I do think that football coaches are going to keep coaching later, if only because the big difference between even Andy Reid right now and football coaches from like 20 or 30 years ago is that all these guys exercise and do cardio and and eat like better even if they're overweight they're probably eating less trans fat because you can't even eat trans fat anymore i think there's a few things because i've learned about this drew Is i've you know wanted to be sure that my own brain doesn't degrade into just some kind of mess of tangled tau protein um exercise Matters a lot in your mental longevity, uh, diet matters a lot in terms of your mental longevity. And I think those two things alone are going to have these guys like Belichick, who's on the elliptical machine all the time, like scribbling on his notes, Andy Reed, who's lost some weight in recent years. He's not the picture of health, but I think just the, just the daily exercise that these guys all do is one of the things that's going to keep them mentally healthier and sharper. So, well, and, you're,
0: and you're seeing the, the, <laughs> how about the difference between those guys that you all listed and then that next generation of younger coaches? Oh yeah. And and they're, they're, I mean, those guys, fit. They all make me feel terrible about, I wasn't that fit when I was playing
1: at I know, all. I know. You know, I'm like, God, these guys are like svelte. Like they all look yeah. like they're 28 years old too. Yeah. The guys do. that are like the Lafleurs and the Shanahan's and all those guys are in their upper yeah. 30s. McVeigh and Solomon Yeah. And yeah. Stefanski, I think, is in his upper thirties or lower forties, but they just—they look like they're
0: hot. They're all hot. Yeah, <laughs> they're devastatingly they're handsome. It's just like God and like perfect <laughs> facial hair.
1: Where are you on the TB12 method, Tom Brady's proprietary? Oh, it, yeah, like
0: the like pseudo Scientology like multi level marketing shtick. It seems like yeah. a lot
1: of. It seems like it's paleo with a few extra little tweaks added in, with like with a much gentler. It's paleo. But with it's, a much gentler workout regimen than like the CrossFit routines that Paleo people typically it's, do, it's
0: just rebranding ten other things that are basically amount to workout consistently, don't eat sugar. I'm and, like, it, yeah, and then it, with that, that, with, that, and that with each right. piece of it,
1: each piece of advice has a product for sale attached. to <laughs> Yes,
0: into. yes. So like you can buy the electrolytes,
1: yeah. which is okay. You know, like Tom Brady drinks hundred and eighteen ounces of water a day, which is a lot. That's like ten full bottles, right? Yeah no no that's not 10 that's actually not that much that's like eight bottles of water so And for somebody that's working out a lot that I mean, doesn't seem like that if, much.
0: if you're consistently the th- just like you said i mean if it's a regimen and you're consistently doing it then it's a lot yeah you know if you're doing it every day i mean that's you know
1: he's, he's, they, they, yeah they um oh he has a protein powder and all of that somebody said that the electrolytes Oh, I had, I had written this down and then I lost it. I guess the electrolytes that say it's got like 112 minerals and trace chemicals, and stuff, but it only lists like, it only lists like 19 on the labels. So you're, also, you're just left to wonder, Hey, what's all the other stuff? That's so, that's so devastatingly awesome for me. Cause his, yeah. the, uh, the, the trainer that started TB12, the Guerrero fella that he yeah. was with back in the day, he got in trouble. He got pinched a couple times for, he had a concussion water they said you could oh. recover more quickly from concussions. He had like some kind of antioxidant mix that he claimed cured cancer. It was kind of a big deal, but then he latched on to Brady and I can't completely and totally criticize him because whatever the, whatever the actual regimen is, it's obviously helping Tom Brady out. Yeah. But I feel it's like any other, you know, with anything else, like as long as your regimen isn't actually damaging it's going to be good for you as long as you, as you stick to a regimen. Of course. like as, yeah. long, as long as it's not like yeah. eating nothing but ice cream all day long, every day long. No. If you stick to a regimen and you're more disciplined and yeah, you're going to look a lot better than George Blanda did back when he was smoking half a pack of right. cigarettes at halftime.
0: It's, it's like any of any of the diet programs or anything else. There's there's something to it only in so far as you're cutting out the things that are otherwise terrible for you.
1: He gets I mean, a lot of body work, though. He gets a lot of massage work and everything. I think oh, that's I that's I relevant. Yeah, I bet he does. <laughs> it costs a lot of money. It costs a lot of money to get that many massages all day long. Remember James Harrison used to spend, oh, didn't he say 75000 a year? Him and Romanowski both used just, to spend a ton of money. And it's funny that you pair those guys together. You know what, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? I mean, you know what I mean?
0: Like, I... One of the, I feel like, I, not to go on like to, but it is weird to me that it just feels like it was never talked about that Harrison, I'm like, this is a guy who like five years later in his career turned into an absolute like action hero. After like,
1: struggling to make the team year after yeah, year after year. I, yeah. He was a late bloomer, Drew. Oh, he was right, He's probably, he's yeah, a
0: beanpole. He b- as we all, we, you know how it is. Like when you're a late blooming <sighs> professional athlete who then turns into just a extremely an extraordinary <laughs> vascular racehorse of a human Mike. Right. Yeah. That's, that's how are
1: it works. You, are you, uh, are you going back to the gym now or are you still home gym in it?
0: No, I've, yeah, I've been going back to the gym. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I, it's like the only interaction I have.
1: I the mean, only social yeah. interaction
0: you have kind Is of, it, yeah. What's
1: uh what's it like at the gym? Are people wearing masks at your gym or anything? I don't want you to get yeah, anybody it, in trouble.
0: Yeah. It's like hit and miss. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's hit and miss, and I try to do it. It's it's tough though. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, what's it like? Do you like run on the treadmill and everything while you're wearing a mask? Uh, no, I take. I can't do that. Yeah, like that because it's and I'm not. I don't want to be like one of these like you know. Oh, it's it's too hard for me. I can't breathe. When I, but it, it's like I sweat like bro like you do.
1: Oh I yeah, that's got to be nasty.
0: him and it's once that thing is just soaked with sweat, you're getting ten percent air through there, and I'm already like a fat guy. I can't. You know, it's not.
1: I've got my garage gym good enough now that I don't think I, I think I'll go back for group fitness type stuff. Like just, I I like doing orange theory and stuff like that. And like any kind like I like doing spin classes and everything, but I don't really, I mean, for one, I just like, I don't don't need to go in and lift weights in front of human beings ever again. I like to just go out and do circuits and not try to, I don't, I don't try to max out on it. I'm never going to try to like get my, my squat or my bench, heavier than heavier than it needs to be.
0: Yeah. No, those days are over. I mean, even when you and I were working out, it's, I, I care less. It's not even that I care that anyone else is there and trying to size up how much I'm lifting anymore, even though there is like a tiny voice in the back of your brain where you're like, look, man, if I actually cared, I mean, I could be I could be doing this just so you know, know. just so you know, like it's in there, it's in the potentials in there. You you need to be aware. I'm choosing choosing not to my,
1: my, my hardest thing. And this is where I've just had to come to terms with, I'm not as confident and self-assured as I, as I really would like to think I am is I'll I'll do slow reps reps a lot that we learned from Dan Riley, the strength coach. Mm -hmm. So like, I might go, I, like I, I might go and just put 185 on the bar and go super super slow. And if you do that, if you go super slow, if you try to go like eight seconds up, you die fast. Yeah. But I can't do that in front of other people at the gym because I just think about somebody walking in and seeing me like flailing and struggling <laughs> 185 on the bar, and I'm, my ego won't allow me to do it. I it won't allow. I've seen. I I've been catch you catching to,
0: you on the last rep. Yeah, yeah. Like, you can't do
1: it? I've been around too many people that would like look at a picture of the rock working out or a video of the rock working out. And he might be curling with like 35s and saying (laughs) only using 35s (laughs) like, dude, what what are you talking about? Yes. Obviously he's (laughs) much stronger than you though. Like what the hell are you talking about? Or like the people on the internet that have to criticize people's squat form. Like there'll be a still photo of somebody like mid squat and there's, there's 40 jabronis. Say like oh he doesn't even go to parallel like, it's a still photo you have no idea if they're going to parallel or not yeah you have no idea you don't know that's a still picture yeah but right. that shouldn't bother me i'm a pathetic and weak person that that bothers me at all
0: uh, i mean
1: you're competitive
0: i get it too i mean it's more like do you feel that way when you're doing cardio stuff do you feel like they're looking at you like oh look at how
1: tired you no are. no i don't worry about that because i always feel like i i always feel like if all right if they're taking any pride in being better at running than me when they, when I outweigh them by a hundred pounds and more power to them. I always right. feel like I'm, I, I, my cardio is always kind of a strength of mine for a bigger guy. So I always actually feel pretty, pretty good about that. Like, Oh wow. Yeah. That guy's running pretty, pretty fast for a big guy. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> good. Oh, no, no, no. I take it back completely. I take it. Cause you know what happened to me? Uh, it, <laughs> Never mind. I am very insecure about it. Yeah. Yeah. At orange theory, I was doing, I usually don't do the treadmill and now I don't ever do because I've got a torn meniscus and my arthritis. You, 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 do,
0: you do the bike instead? Or you do I do the, do the bike row? instead.
1: Yeah. And same. I was, I was on the show one day and somebody texted in one of my radio listeners texted in and said, Hey, my wife wanted me to ask you, how come you always wimp out and do the bike at orange theory instead of running on the treadmill. Oh. And I got so angry. Because I was wanna, like, I've had twelve head knee surgeries. I almost told, I almost guy, I almost insulted the guy's wife, and he was just. And then I caught myself. He was just messing around, but Doesn't there matter. is part of me that wonders, like, okay, I I never went back to that one. I didn't go back to that Orange Theory anymore. It would deteriorate uh, me. I, that, I, I don't
0: i oh. <laughs> That would trigger me. I'm this. I'm so. I'm the same way. I'm so easily. You can manipulate me so easily. It's so. I mean, all you have to do is just like, like, oh yeah, you. Oh, you're only doing six point you're, <laughs> 6.0. You're not going to go all that. I will blow my ligaments out trying to beat the person next to me.
1: I'm yeah. You got to let to, go of that. You got to be elevated and um, you, you got to be kind of like me. I'm enlightened now. And none of that <laughs> stuff bothers me. That's anymore. Right, I forgot. It doesn't, yeah. even though I just told you about all that stuff, it doesn't bother me anymore because I don't go to the gym anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see, you see, That's just like, it. remember, remember how that you person were, said were, that I yeah. have perspective on things, <laughs> remove the stimulus. I'm apathetic enough that I just don't go to the gym. Yeah. I've, uh, that's the same way. I've, uh, I've, I have i have i have not drank since is, September and I have no idea if I'm actually any stronger than right. I used to be. I just don't let my wife keep alcohol in the house anymore. If I start <laughs> the next time I'm at my, the next time I go to a legitimate party where I'm uncomfortable, it's going to be a real challenge to me. And I think I might just end up leaving because I'm, I'm kind of bashful in groups of people that I don't know.
0: See, that's the thing you're, you're married though you have this built-in bubble you have the you know what I mean that's true like, I can always
1: go home and, and make my wife and guilt my wife into saying nice things about me exactly or you, don't, you you have can't do that there. no I have to
0: actually be fit
1: you got to go back and pay for it on one of your 900 numbers that the that, that, that you single guys probably use
0: <laughs> yeah you you sound it, like someone who knows a lot about the single life <laughs> we're, we're, calling, we're calling 900 numbers that's we're, what we're doing or we're, I wait for a commercial on TV to come on advertising a 900 number we're, that's how I get my rocks off.
1: Were 1-900 numbers ever a thing when you were an adult? Or, was that, or did that go no, by the wayside? I,
0: I remember just enough when I was like a kid to see advertisements for 900 numbers or maybe on, on TVs in movies. Yeah, that I think they I died as
1: soon as news. chat rooms showed up.
0: Yeah, or or when the internet didn't take twenty minutes to download like one naked picture of Pamela Anderson.
1: Yeah. Once, but once even that... for that, I think the I think what people used to use the one nine hundred numbers for, aside from the like the obvious, you know, quick payoff, was there were some people that were like very depressingly addicted to it. Like that was their that was their oh, social yeah. connection. Like they were falling in love with some of these one nine hundred women. Yeah. It, it got costly. It was for, so for the kids listening. How do you, yeah. was, <laughs> How do you know? <laughs> no, I remember that. I remember reading it. Got about it got <laughs> costly. I've heard about it. Being costly. I never, I I've never had my own. Costly. I never had my own phone. Like I never had enough money to pay my I've own phone bill it, in a time costly. of one nine hundred numbers. I don't know if I would have been morally opposed to it when I was fifteen. I was just too shy and terrified. It's, and I know my mom would have found out about it.
0: Oh yeah, I de- I definitely got busted for ordering uh, movies on pay per view when I was. Oh asking. yeah,
1: that's a tough yeah. one.
0: Yeah, I-, I think my mom. I don't know why I thought I was going to get away with it. I don't know what part of me thought I won't get caught.
1: Well, were the ones at home different prices the way they were in hotels? Because in hotels the giveaway was always, hey, it's anonymous, <laughs> but it's like, but it's nineteen dollars <laughs> for this movie. You can yeah. get Braveheart for three ninety nine, but this movie's nineteen dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then
0: you stop and you're like. You look back and you just go, what? They were that upcharge.
1: Like, really? It's
0: 500% more
1: than uh-huh. nudity." That's, that that's the thirst, man. That's what they charge <laughs> yeah. you for, the thirst. Yeah. That's when they got you. They they, yeah, they, they got they you hardcore. Um, Smartphones really killed that game. I think I must have. I think I ordered. I think I remember I ordered one at home, and then I was terrified about it for the next month until the billing cycle came through. And I don't know if my mom... I don't know. My mom's pretty... I was pretty stingy about stuff. I wonder if she noticed and just thought, like, I don't want to bring this up if it gets a yeah, problem.
0: I think that's what it is. She just didn't want to confront you. She's like, I, I don't. Neither of us wants this conversation.
1: Yeah, I remember. If it becomes I, a problem, I'll confront him. I remember one time when I was like thirteen years old, my mom like trying to walk into my room and she was like, Seth, why is it I had a chair on the door. she's like, Seth, what is going on? Why is this locked? And um and then it never happened again. Like I think yeah. she just I think she realized she or maybe she, she talked to my stepdad or something. She's like, Cynthia, <laughs> what are you doing? You didn't why were you trying to barge in? There's nothing going on. You don't want to see that. Yeah, yeah, don't shame this guy.
0: It's fine. He's obviously changing, like he said. <laughs>
1: Yeah, <laughs> I had to buy my mom a book about what's, <laughs> what's happening to my body. <laughs> what's happening to your boy's body? Book for moms. That's the, <laughs> That's why I'm gonna think... write that down. What's yeah. happening to your boy's body? Book for moms. Okay.
0: I that that's you wonder now with that. With what's the, that, that? that's that's the changes <laughs> now with how a smartphones just access to porn is incredibly. I can't even express the difference in the generations between now and when I was literally shoplifting playboys from like liquor stores. Right. I, I don't that, know like, what it's going to do to kids,
1: now. like how it's going to. Well, and if anything, though, unless the trend is reversed in the last year or something, but I, I'm guessing it hasn't. I'm guessing it's been accentuated. There's less teen sex now than there was back in the day. And I think at least part of is it that is true. Yes. They're not doing anything because kids are at home. They're playing video games remotely, or they're just online, but they're not necessarily out rubbing up against people, literally as much. You know, just bumping into them and meeting and having ch- having encounters and everything. That
0: makes sense. I would not have anticipated that as being. The, that's interesting. But I do have yeah. this.
1: I have this feeling though that the ones that are doing stuff are way more knowledgeable. Obviously. Oh, for be, sure. You know yeah. than when you're trying to put it together piecemeal through still frame photos. Oh yeah, that,
0: yeah. Back then, when I was like, oh man, I'm heavy petting so hard right now. <laughs> you know, and now they're like, yeah, gangbangs. You're just like, oh my god.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I know. I've, I got friends that, um, and this wasn't even. This was before everything went really crazy. But guys, my age, when they were teaching, when they were young teachers, they would like, or when they were coaching the stuff, they'd overhear like the kids talking about was just kind of blew their mind you know oh
0: when i would have i mean when i when i was coaching in chicago i would have kids that we would have to suspend because they were taking pictures of their teachers under their skirts with their cell phones, oh, with in their class. Cell phones. Oh, which is like, which is a problem that if that happened when I was playing, I can't even imagine the fallout. You'd be labeled, like right. You'd have to move.
1: You'd have to leave I mean, you schools. Could, you'd yeah, be like you, the biggest you, yes. pervert in school, right?
0: Yeah. You wouldn't, even, you, you might not get into college. I yeah. mean, like it would be a huge scandal. And now, you know,
1: that's our oh boy, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because I'm still, somebody mentioned this the other day and I had forgotten about it. The whole fact that Marty McFly was a peeping Tom like that just kind of gets glossed over in Back to the Future. Remember yeah, he catches... a,
0: that movie's pretty problematic. Just in, ju- I mean, he's hooking up with his mom. It's a lot of it is is
1: looking it's, back. Yeah, and it's not but... even problematic. Like in a way that, oh wow, that's politically incorrect today. Like, oh no, 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 that was a taboo then, and it's a taboo now. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's not even like, it's not a generational thing. Like people weren't always hooking up with their moms yeah, Then chill that, out.
1: That's <laughs> been taboo ever since uh, genetics was created. It's yes, like, uh, yeah. that's a, we just a... kind
0: of glossed over it. Yeah, oh. It's completely fine. Uh, and okay. also that, and also that um, a black eyed, did actually invent rock and roll then and they glossed over that
1: oh that that was was... a big one like oh yeah hey by the way you know that thing that we already stole from you we're gonna steal it
0: again we're gonna we're gonna back Back to the future we're gonna gonna not only yeah (laughs) we're gonna make sure all of popular culture knows it
1: not only does Elvis Presley get way too much credit for creating rock and roll uh already but we're gonna go ahead and actually make it look like the guy he stole it from actually stole it from us yeah oh god all right, I got to go get to work on um, my rough draft of what's happening to my couch <laughs> book for moms. <laughs> so.
0: Nice. I want I want, I want I want I want I want to be in the foreword.